Being Reasonable comes to you from the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Mark Solomon, and you are taking part in Being Reasonable, the weekly conversation show that focuses on how we've arrived on our steadfast views and our desire to know what is true. To participate in this friendly collaboration, all you need is respectfulness and an honest interest in the truth. We can all improve the way we form and consider our beliefs. And we can do so by being reasonable. One, two. On this week's show, we listen to three shorter conversations. First, Nancy discusses her belief in reincarnation. Next, Deanna talks about her belief that no one religion has the absolute truth. And finally, Tom discusses his belief in Christianity. Do you have an important belief you wish to discuss? Yeah, uh, reincarnation. Okay, and uh, that sounds great. And by reincarnation, what do we mean by that? Uh, I believe that there's a essence to the to an individual and an animal that is more than their body, that after their body dies, that that essence or soul, if you want, uh, takes on another form or another lifetime and keeps going, is a part of an evolution towards yeah. merging with God. Okay, so after we die, then um, we, the essence of us, and we can talk about that further, moves, goes on, and we come back as another person? Yes, once you, once you become a human, I believe that that's the level of consciousness that keeps going until you evolve into um, oneness with God. And over time, we'll evolve with oneness with God. Yeah, and it takes hundreds, maybe thousands of lifetimes. Okay, interesting. All right. On a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that your belief is true? Seven. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in true things, things that are true and real? Yeah. How important is it? Six or seven. Yeah. It's pretty important. Yeah. How do you know your belief is true? Well, I have certain experiences that led me to believe that I had known people before or been at places before than this lifetime. And also, just from the reading that I've done, I'm more interested in, I guess you could call it Asian philosophy or, you know, um, Indian philosophy. And According to many of the teachers from the readings that I've done, uh, it makes more sense to me that there'd be more than one lifetime. I mean, it just doesn't make sense that we just have one shot at life. It just seems ridiculous. So I think you mentioned three things. You mentioned personal experience. Yeah. You mentioned uh, that you've had some experiences that showed you this is true. You've read yeah. things that have showed you this is true. 
and to you it just makes intrinsic sense that this is true. Yeah. Of those three things, what of those three ways of knowing what you know would you say is the primary way you know what you know? Well, that's a very good question. I think the primary thing would be the experience and then reading about things that uh, reinforce my understanding of those experiences. Now, did you have a specific experience that led you to this belief? Or yeah, was it a series I mean, of... Yeah. Yeah. Like, what ex experience, if you don't mind me asking, led you to believe that this is true? Well, a couple of times, more than a couple of times, I have met people in my life and I had this strong, strong sense that I've known them before. It was almost like, oh, there she is, or oh, there he is, like unexplained connection. And they turned out to be very important people in my life. You know, I would call it a karmic link, that we had some sort of karma together. Okay. That, and then a couple of times I've had actual visions of being somewhere in the past, and it didn't make any sense that it had anything to do with the current day. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say Tammy, Tammy is sitting next to you, and Tammy hasn't had that experience where she has uh, known people before that she hasn't hasn't met before mm -hmm. and let's say um, for whatever reason Tammy doesn't believe the belief and she hasn't had those visions mm -hmm. and I'm a third party and I am hearing you and Tammy discuss your belief versus her belief which is seems like the opposite of your belief how would myself as a third person know what's objectively true or real hearing you and Tammy discuss is there a way I could find out <laughs> well, I think it comes down to what is real, you know, what is reality? Is it subjective or objective and is there a way to measure it? And when it comes to something like this, it's tricky. I mean, I don't think you can measure it. I don't think Tammy, not having had these experiences, would understand or maybe she could contemplate, perhaps, but I, 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 yeah, I don't think there's a way to say something is real when it's a belief that you can't prove, you can't be scientific about it. Okay, and you said an interesting thing there, I would like to clarify, are you saying that reality, there's a, is it a more of a subjective thing or is a reality more uh, an objective thing in your mind? I think it's pretty subjective. Okay, so if you have a belief that reincarnation exists and Tammy standing next to you has a belief pretty much the opposite, that reincarnation doesn't exist, then both are equally true. That's one way of putting it. I mean, again, it kind of comes down to how to define the word truth, how to define what's real. I mean, my experience doesn't negate her experience, or does her experience negate mine? Yeah. Because they're separate. Sure. So I guess my question would be that we can both experience things and do our experience of certain things, does that change whether that thing is true or not in the world, the way we experience it? Well, we have to interpret our experiences and that's part of what the brain 
is trying to do all the time is to make sense or make meaning of it of what it experiences sure and maybe this will help uh there's a car over there uh -huh. um and let's say you experience that there's a a car there and for whatever reason i just i'm not experiencing that car there mm -hmm. do you think that reflects whether that car is there or not well, it's there for me. So if I don't experience it, then I could say the car doesn't exist for you. For me. Yeah. Well, it's again. Then you're going into the whole phenomenon of perception. Mm -hmm. Perception is pretty subjective. Maybe, and tell me what you think. The way I have thought about truth, and and maybe I'm not thinking about it correctly. So let me know is that I think about truth in the sense that what that car exists or that car doesn't exist and whether that car exists or doesn't exist doesn't matter whether what I think about it, whether I perceive it to exist or doesn't exist. It's just either there or it's not there and what I think about it doesn't have an impact on that. What do you think? <laughs> This is getting very tricky and deep. I believe that there are multiple realities and this whole concept of parallel universes is very probable. I don't fully understand it. You know, my mind is limited. And I, I believe that there are certain things in the universe that the mind cannot understand. And I think this reality and parallel universes and things like that are beyond my conception. I mean, I can't explain it to yeah. you because I am not fully evolved and my consciousness is limited by this body and this brain and my experience. Yeah. In a case where we think that we can't fully explain something, mm -hmm. should we, where should we lie? Should we, should our default position be that I'm not going to try to explain that thing, or should we say, I could go ahead and explain that thing, and that thing that I try to explain is true? Mm -hmm. Not that, that's a difficult question. Well, <laughs> what I'm hearing is that, yeah, the mind tries to understand its experience again. Yeah. And if you see a car, and you touch a car, and you sit in a car, yeah. your mind is probably going to conclude this is a quote-unquote real thing. Right. It's within my perception. But I think what you're saying is that if I don't perceive that car for whatever reason, yeah. then that car, for me, does not exist in the world. Yeah. And I think what I was asking is, could that car exist or not exist? I, I guess what I'm asking is that, or the way I'm thinking about it is if that car exists, it exists for both of us. And if that car doesn't exist, that it doesn't exist for both of us. That we share, we share a world, we share a reality. And I think you're saying that we don't. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there are a lot of things, I mean, that people are totally different in their perceptions of. Right? And that doesn't mean, you know, like this whole thing about people being really afraid of what's in books and being taught in schools. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. It's like, it's the fear that's affecting people's perception of books. 
it's not the actual books that are scary. You know? uh, yeah, I'm trying to follow you there. Um, no, that's, and that's um, my shortcoming. Uh, and I'm just trying to see where you're coming from. And I think, I guess what I'm asking is, is that I'm thinking about like the fact that we share a universe, we share a reality that if that car exists, that exists for both of us. And, it's, and I think you're saying that we could share a reality, but that car, that reality we share, that car could exist for one of us and not exist for another one. Well, you know, it's a, again, it's a paradox. I could perceive it and you may not be able to perceive it. Just like, you know, people see things that other people don't see. How does that reflect whether it exists or not, the car? Right, good question. Well, it might exist to the person who sees it and not to the person who doesn't see it. So whether I perceive it or not has an effect of whether it exists or not. Well, in a way. Huh. Or it exists for you. I mean, it exists because yeah. I have perceived it and I'm sitting in it and driving it and so on. If this car could exist for you and not exist for me, and you believe the car exists, and I don't believe the car exists, or you believe your belief in reincarnation exists, and Tammy believes that that, that reincarnation doesn't exist, mm -hmm. wouldn't that mean that all beliefs are true? All beliefs are true. Uh, you know that I can see how you're following, you're going to that, but there's another part of me that says, beliefs do not make reality. Oh, okay. So beliefs then, are a process in our brain. I'm, you're confusing me, I'm confused. Uh, you're not confusing me, I'm confusing maybe. myself. Well, maybe I'm confused and you're just pointing it out. <laughs> yeah, so beliefs don't create reality. So I could believe that there is no car there, mm -hmm. But there still could be a car there. In other words, Tammy could think I'm out of my mind because I believe in reincarnation. Okay. But it could still be that, that she has experienced reincarnation and just doesn't know it yet. Could she believe the opposite? Could she believe that reincarnation is not a thing and that belief be true? Well, I see where you're going. I, you know, this is comes down to again what is a belief my re my belief is <laughs> now I'm starting to feel crazy that whether she knows it or not she is going to reincarnation as reincarnate as I believe I am and as I believe my cat is and you and could she have the opposite belief and that belief possibly be true well you mean the reincarnation isn't a thing doesn't exist and you might believe it, but she says, whether she believes it or not, it's not a thing. This is what Tammy says. Right. And so what you're kind of putting me into is a little conundrum here about, because I believe it, and I believe that it's true for me and for her, is her, her belief true and my belief not true? And I guess that's kind of, the problem with beliefs. Isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Um, 
I, I think there's some people who have experienced and described reincarnation so well that it made a convincing argument to me. Yeah. And the argument on the other side, like yeah. people who say, no, you just get one shot at it, that doesn't make sense to me. So I'm using my my intuition and my logic yeah. and my experience to form my belief, which you're right, I can't like prove anything. Let me ask you this then. Regardless of what you believe, whether reincarnation is a thing that exists or whether it's not a thing that exists, what would you prefer being the truth about reincarnation? Well, I'd prefer that my essence and the essence of other beings that I'm involved with go on into another form. You know, it, this is so much deeper than... than it leads right into my belief about karma and that every action has a reaction and every behavior has a consequence and that, for example, in my lifetime, this is probably going to be a bad example, but if I am obsessed with money, say, and I'm very greedy okay. and do, do some naughty things to get money, Okay. And my next lifetime might be the opposite to work out the karma of having created this obsession with money. And I might be either, I don't know how karma works, but I might be really destitute or really wealthy. I see. Opposite experiences, you know, like you're, you're, you're making karma and then you're trying to wear it out on your path to godhood. Last question. If your belief wasn't true, I'm not saying this is the case, but if it happened not to be true, yeah. would you want to know? Hmm. Well, would I want to know? Reincarnation is not true. This is all... <laughs> that, that's such a trap. That question, it feels like a trap. Why? Well... Because I've been believing this for probably since my 20s, and I'm 72, so many years. And it's a part of how I operate and how I see the world. It's part of my lens. So no, I don't think I'd want to know that it wasn't true. And it doesn't really matter, because once I'm dead, I'm dead. And I don't think I really have you know, consciousness after death. Well, at the be very beginning of the conversation, I asked on a scale from 1 to 7, how important is yeah. believing in tr something that is true yeah. to you, this yeah. belief is true, yeah. I think you said a six or a seven, yeah. do you want to revise it lower? How important it is? To believe in true things. <laughs> um, no, because I believe that this is true. How do you think this conversation went? <laughs> it's an unusual one, isn't it? <laughs> well, I feel like you probably knew in advance what you were doing, and this is called street epistemology. Yeah, and the it's just it's just a conversational technique, and it, it can be used with any belief. You could you could have a strong belief in reincarnation and and talk to someone who has no belief in reincarnation. I mean, anybody can use it regardless right. of the belief in a really gets down to how do you know what you know? That's it. Right. And the belief itself really isn't very important. 
but I really want to know how you go about forming your beliefs. And that's really what it's all about. Epistemology? Street epistemology. Yeah. How'd you get into this? Great question. I, uh, I, it was, uh, it was after the 2016 election and I was feeling kind of down and we had two sides of our country having really strong sets of beliefs. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, these strong sets of beliefs are almost opposing and, and both can't possibly be true at the same time. And, and uh, what do we do about this? And that's sort of kind of what set me on this hmm. journey. Well, have you come to any insight or awareness that's changed your perception or your life? Um, it's a great question. I think the biggest truth <laughs> I've found is that um, the more people I talk to, and tell me what this, how this resonates, is that when it comes to beliefs, I get the sense more to the more people I talk to, is that instead of us holding strong beliefs about things, when we have these really intense strong beliefs, they seem to hold us in the sense that if we hold a strong belief, and there's no way that we can tell ourselves or find out that that belief is not true if it happened not to be true, then that belief sort of has us in its grips instead of the other way around. Well, that's an interesting interpretation. What do you think? Well, it, you're talking about a belief like it's a thing, having it in their grips. I just think the brain is more complicated than that. Than hmm. Part of what the mind does to operate in the world is to try to make sense of things that don't make sense. And making and having beliefs is part of that. Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know. It's hard to talk about. It is. And um, for whatever reason, beliefs. Uh, I think it's important to have beliefs. It's, very, it's very defining for us as humans, it seems, and it's mm -hmm. very important. It's very important that we all have them. And um, the, the beliefs that we hold are part of our mental structure mm -hmm. for operating in the world and how we're going to respond to things and how we're going to perceive things. Sure. So. Sure. Sometimes beliefs can almost be an identity. Yeah. And I, you know, well, I think, thank you so much for talking. I mean, I think this short conversation actually encapsulates many of these conversations that I have. That they're really tricky to talk about, and we don't really think about them too much, about how we form them and how we think about the purpose of the beliefs, how they run in our lives, like the software we run in our brains kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Until we actually take time to talk about it with another Some, person. Somebody stops you on the street. Someone stops you on the street hey, and asks you crazy this questions. Podcast on street <laughs> street <laughs> epistemology. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. That was sure. a lot, that was a really nice conversation. I really liked it. Okay. Well, thank you. You did make me think. <laughs> well, do you have I mean it, when you in your process of doing all this, has it challenged your beliefs? I mean Yeah. Have you become more open or less open you know what i'm saying yeah i try i i um i'm more forgiving i think when i come across intense beliefs mm -hmm. i 
am more forgiving to others and less forgiving for myself. For, now, what does a forgiveness have to do with your Well, feelings? forgiving in the sense of um, having many of these conversations, I tell myself that I should be more honest with myself and should be more vigilant whenever I maybe ha happen to be holding an untrue belief. And I should be able to be able to investigate that untrue belief better than others because I'm doing this uh, kind of technique a lot. Yeah. And, but the truth is, I think, is that it's just hard. It's yeah. just difficult to do. Yeah. But then you have to create a whole other structure, a way of operating in the world. You have to do an excellent point. You have to step kind of outside yourself, which by <laughs> definition can be very difficult. Yeah. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. Next, we will listen to Deanna as she talks about her belief that no one religion has the absolute truth. Then we will hear from Tom, who discusses his belief in Christianity, right after this short break. Great to see you. Thank you, Mark. It's have, great to this, see you. This is wonderful. I have never uh, had three SE conversations, so you win the prize. You're the first person to do three <laughs> SE conversations, and you just happen to walk by, and you'll get you'll get your next puzzle piece. Yay! So I think you'll get your third puzzle piece, right? Third, yes, right. the third. I think I've given I'm up three. I'm gonna post it on Facebook. It's awesome. <laughs> great. A lot of wonderful things have happened in your life. 
You've been in, you're engaged now. I am engaged. And to that's this wonderful. wonderful woman over here. <laughs> and um, that's awesome. And you've done the Monty twice. Yes. Which, if you don't live in North Carolina, you might not know the Monty is like the moth. Yes. And you've had two great stories. I've heard one story that was awesome, but you said you've done two. I did two. I did one that was a an actual competition. The first one I did was a curated speech. The second one I did was where you just stand up. They they give you a topic in advance, and you just stand up and talk about it. And the topic was luck. What's about luck? Wow, okay. That's wonderful. Yes. A shout-out to the Monty. I've been on the Monty. It's like a good yes. story, storytelling group. Yes. Um, and uh, it's just a real neat thing. Uh, and Jeff, who leads it, is... He's a good guy, and I was on his RA in college. Yes, and I sent him history. to anger management class. So, <laughs> and he loves to tell that story. It's a good story. Yeah, it's because I, I was RA, and I, I think he woke me up in the middle of the night, and he was throwing yes, throwing brownies against other another person's That's door. That's exactly what he said. So he was telling the truth. Yeah, no, that was true. But we've made up since then. Yes, we're all good. <laughs> Do you happen to have a belief you wish to discuss? I do. I wish to discuss the belief that there is no one person who has a grasp. Let me back up and rephrase that to how I was phrasing it before. There's no one true religion that contains all absolute truths. Do religions... have truths. I do believe that religions have truth, but more than one religion has truth. I do not believe that people can say, my religion is the absolute truth and you must adhere to every aspect of it. So on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that this Belief is true. I would say that I'm a six. And on a scale from one to seven, how important is it for you to believe in true things? Seven. How do you know your belief is true? I know my belief is true because it allows for many different religions to have many different truths according to the people that exist in those. I know that there are truths out there that we don't even know about yet. I know that we haven't discovered everything. Truths are constantly evolving over time. So for any one religion to say they have the absolute truth is incorrect. Because what may have been true 2,000 years ago is not true today. So the truth that I believe in, and I know that it's true, is because this is a truth that can be ever-expanding. Are we saying that religions equally don't have handles on the truth? Yes. Or are. are we saying that certain religions have more handle on, or more aligned with what is objectively true than other religions? Well, if you're discussing religions that intend harm to other people, because religion is such a wide open term. It has such latitude to it. So if you're including people 
whose only belief is to be at war with someone else. I'm not sure a truth exists in that religion. I'm not sure that all religions have elements of truth. I do believe some of them do because what you feel about religions can become your truth and how you want to live. So it's that truth for that person. I have come a lot to this belief because of some of the people you've had on your show that I listen to who come on claiming to have an absolute truth. And I watch how you can trip them up so easily. I'm not trying to trip them up. <laughs> Sorry, let me rephrase that. I, I apologize. I do not mean trip them up. I mean make them expand on their beliefs and they usually try to carry that out to know my religion is the truth. Somebody else can just believe what they want to believe, but I know this to be true. I do not think we can sit here and say we know that one religion contains all the truths. If we are, when we're saying not one religion has the objective truth, Right. Are we saying the same thing as when we were saying not one person has the objective truth or knows the what's truly real? I don't believe that one person does. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to understand like why are we even why do we even talk about why are we talking about religion if if we're saying that there's no religions that align themselves with the objective truth? Why? What is? What's the special sauce that religion is giving us? We talk about religion because it's so important in our society, and it's used so many times for what I believe are harmful views. You can't escape. Is it talking about it important religion. to you? I think it's to our society as a whole. It's damaging to our society. But is religion, is religion important to you personally? Not personally, no, it is not. Oh, okay. It is not important to me. It is not important. Because I do not believe that I can go to one religion and find every truth about how I should live my life. So that's what I'm trying to understand then. Then what is... Are you saying that we'd be better off with no religion? Yes, we would be better off with no religion. I see what you're saying. I believe, I want to separate out religion from spirituality, though. That doesn't mean a person can't have spirituality about what they do and how they practice. In other words, people can be spiritual and have feelings inside that they're full of love or they're full of just the overwhelming all that this world creates. That's different from religion. Religion, as I'm defining it, is a codified set of rules that people go by that in many times I find very harmful to the society. If, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's say Christianity happened to be more aligned with what's objectively true, seemed to have all the answers or most of the answers. I wonder, is there a way we could find that out? If you're incorrect. Is there a way we could find out that Christianity... Let's, let's, suppose, let's suppose Christianity 
did have the objective truth, did know the answers to life's riddles, is there a way we, how would we be able to find that out? In, in other words, saying that what you're telling me is not correct, what you're telling me that, you know, there are no religions that have a handle on the objective truth. Yes. But if, like, let's say Christianity did, how could we find that out? That's exactly what I'm saying. We can't find that out. How would you find it out? How would you go about finding out that religion or Buddhism or whatever is the absolute truth? It's a fool's errand to say, I can go find out that that's true. That's why I'm giving the latitude here to say there is no one religion. I do not sit here and propose that you could find that out. And for people to me who say they know exactly what Christianity is and it contains the whole truth, I doubt that. If Christianity was true, you're saying there's a fool's errand to figure that out, find that out. And I'm wondering if there... I was just going to say, part of the reason is, especially when you're having discussions and you're just digging deeper, not tripping them up, but you're digging a little deeper, it almost invariably will fall to, well, I do it on faith. I just do it on faith. But what if I told you that, yes, I, I would be able to believe that Christianity is true and real if a certain bar was met or a level of evidence was met, that I would be more than happy to believe in Christianity. Well, I would like to first ask you, you're using the word Christianity, but Christianity means a lot of different things yeah, I'm just, to a lot of different like, people. Yeah, I'm just using it as There's a like Jesus thousands is, of Jesus different... Jesus is a true God or something. I think you're telling me that there's, under no circumstances would you believe, ever believe that. Well, there, there are Christianity, there are aspects of Christianity that deny my very existence. I understand. I am transgender. <laughs> This, but and other people's existence. Yes. So people would say, define that as Christianity. To me, that's simply wrong. That's not about the love that I feel religion can provide for us or the spirituality. Okay. So I'm saying, when you say Christianity, you're talking well, about. Well, I guess, I, I guess, and maybe I misspoke. And maybe what I should be saying is that I think you're telling me is that. There's no under no circumstances where you would reduce your confidence in your belief. And my belief that there's no one true no, there's there's not. There's not anything. There's no scenario where you reduce your confidence where there's one where there is no true um, because I guess what I'm saying is that and I know Christianity can be a lot of different things, but couldn't there be a scenario with maybe not that religion or another religion where some amazing evidence comes along? Some god comes out of the sky and you know and what you know what I'm saying? I could I could I could see a situation where I could um, I could uh, reduce my confidence in that belief because because I think I'm, I'm I think. To be honest, I think my belief is aligned with your belief, but I'm trying to think of, but I'd like to think that I'd be able to not have that belief if I shouldn't have that belief, if it's not true. That, that's not going to happen. 
Uh, that's a big if. I think we're talking about scenarios that are not going to happen. I mean, I don't think, I believe there's a God that created all of this. Yes, or something. I can believe that, but I think if everybody would have a different thought about what God would say if he came here. So I am not going to tell you that I believe if God came down here, I would say, oh, what would I say? Because there's a lot of different religions that believe there's a God, that there's just a God that's going to come back. But right now, the evidence we have is that's not happened. What yeah. we have to deal with is today. Right. And what we have to deal with is the knowledge of today. If you look back on many, the Quran, the Bible, there are so many historical inaccuracies. Yeah, and I hear you come from. I'm just, I, and it's not, I'm just trying to more discuss. Should we? Should we? It's the notion of holding beliefs at 100%. Yes. You know what I mean? That when there's nothing that can come around to change someone's confidence level in the belief. Nothing. And maybe there are beliefs like that. And maybe this belief should, should be like that or is like that. But... I guess I, when I think about it, tell me what you think. I try to think about it. I think about it in terms of, yeah, I don't believe that there's going to be a God that comes down and announces, "Here I am," and that kind of thing. But I, I, I would like to be. I would. I would like to be a bit. But if it. But if it. I would like to be open to the the fact that if it happened, that I'd be able to align my beliefs with what is true and real. Because obviously, what I was believing wasn't. If that happens, that doesn't mean that Christianity is correct. It could mean yeah. a number of religions well, I'm, are I'm correct. Well, not just Christianity. I'm just like, okay. any, any, yeah, I just use that as an example. But, okay, so if God came down, that's one thing. Yeah. Is God going to come down also and say, you know what? You all have not done this. You should do this. If, and just list the rules, the tablets, I guess. Would it answer every question? Would he address everything? She address everything? <laughs> if she did, <laughs> would you reduce your confidence? Perhaps, but to me that's like saying how many angels can dance on the head of a pen. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, and I think, you know, we've discussed this before. It's more of, I think it's more of the idea that we're living in a time where people hold beliefs, whatever, you know, yeah. so strongly that um, it breaks down conversation. I agree. I agree. I agree. And that's why, to me, the solution is stop holding your beliefs for one particular part of Christianity or whatever religion so strongly. Think about it. Do not end the argument with, I just have faith. That's the way it is. But with the same intensity, let's say a Christian holds Christianity true, yes. they believe Jesus is God. Do you think that person could believe that belief as intensely as you believe that no religion has the absolute truth? Yes. I think when we're talking about my belief, we kind 
kind of are going in a circle. It's my belief that there's no one belief. I guess, and I don't want to get caught up in that, whereas many people who have these strict beliefs do believe there's one way. And they come on your your belief is not your belief is not you're not saying you're saying the opposite you're saying that there's not one way right a majority of but i I guess i'm asking you is that would you be open to the fact if there happened to be one way no i i don't think i could believe that because we're always evolving we're always changing and for people to use rules that may have been 2,000 years old does not apply to today. Does that make sense? I just presume that if there was one way, not saying there was, but if there happened to be, I would imagine you'd want to know it. I do, but I don't believe anybody has found one way, and for us to say they have. Most people, I feel like their beliefs, especially when I listen to your podcast, we're raised in that environment. We have no idea how much of our environment, how much of our, our nurture is affected by our religion. You talk to these people, they say, yeah, well, my parents taught this, and I know this, and I teach it to my kids. It is such a huge part of what you believe. It's one reason we all grow up, the majority of us, as Christians. And in other countries, it's Islam. It all has to do with your parents and grandparents, and so much of it. But it, it's not necessarily what works for our society. All right, I'll think about this some. Okay. I didn't, really, I didn't expect the conversation to go this way. It was interesting. I'll, I'll have to look at it, and I'll edit it, and we'll, uh, we'll pick back up where we left off. Okay. Thank I know. you. This is not a long one, but no, I, just, I, I like, saw you I always here. enjoy talking with you. And, um, Yay! That's part of the toy. That's right. <laughs> she loves toys. She loves toys. Okay, I want to. I want to catch this on the video. That's okay. So, what, do you, what colors do you have? What colors? Is it blue and yellow? <laughs> All right. Red. You have a red. I have a request for the red. My first third piece. There you go. I now you have a full circle. Stand I think. up. And... Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes. This is wonderful. I, I just, I love street epistemology. If you weren't doing this, I might do it. Well, I've always, that's always been open. I've always, you know, yes. I plan to do this more. I think it's a good way to get, you know, some conversations down. And, uh, and then, you know, someone comes along and you want to do the street epistemology, I'm happy to back off and you try it. Okay. I've often thought of the idea of us going to an event somewhere and we each go and talk to people. I don't know what the event. You go to some events. Event? Yeah, we like. I mean, like, like what kind of it? Like a. We went to like a body mind. Yes. Spirit yeah. expo. I've heard some of that. Yes. yes. Um, that was interesting. We could do stuff like that. Yeah. It's just an yeah. idea. Yeah. No, but I want well, to do so stuff much. Like that. Yeah. Let's yeah. think about that. Yeah. But think about also doing it here, like you doing it. Okay. I, I can set up the equipment, and you can just I can do, do it. Do it. Okay. I'd love that. You are listening to Being Reasonable on WHUP. Next, we will listen to Tom as he discusses his belief in Christianity right after this short break. On our first 
excitement and laughter A much better version of the rom-com ever after Why do you say I'm insensitive to cultures not my own? I don't love anyone except for, of course, Canadians Our love is like Drew Barrymore Charming in 94, but not so much anymore Over the next few years, we've taken paths of least resistance Like Aaron and Garrett In going the distance Though we still watch movies our flame has demised Like when Henry died of a heart attack in Home Why you say I'm insensitive to cultures not my own I don't love anyone except for, of course, Canadians our love is like Drew Barrymore Charming in 94, but not so much anymore Our love is like Drew talk about uh, Christianity and, Bapt and uh, some being a Southern Baptist and... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not specifically Southern Baptist, but okay. yeah, um, Baptist. Sure. So, uh, and by Christianity, what do we mean? Just a quick definition of what you uh, believe. So, so my definition is, is built around scripture. Okay. Uh, okay. Um, I believe that, you know, in contrast to some, some, uh, you know, belief systems that, you know, we can read the Bible and we can read the Bible as well as, uh, as you know, somebody 500 years or 2,000 years ago. Okay. Um, Great. Yeah. Uh, well, on a, let's say on a scale from one to seven, how confident are you that your belief in Christianity is true? Uh, 95 plus percent. Okay. Yeah. Very close to a seven. Almost. Yes. And, uh, just a hair shot. Yeah. And on a scale from one to seven. How important is it for you to believe in true things? Things that are true and real. Uh, so, true things have to be, <laughs> you know, by definition, um, uh, you know, I believe that I serve a God of truth. <laughs> so truth is very important. Truth is critically important to the entire entire process, yes. How do you know your belief is true? Oh, you're going to ask some personal questions. <laughs> I, I really want to know yeah. how you know what you know. And that's really what no, it's all about. So, yeah. No, and I understand that. Um, uh, so, so without getting getting too personal, you know, I have a, a background that includes science and. Um, 
uh, you know, part of part of what I I believe is is that if there is a God who can who can um, uh, uh, who is true, that He is capable of proving it to me. Uh, and you know, very specifically, I asked Him certain to do certain things for me. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in private, you know, where I was in control, you know, so that I knew knew that it was a fair test, and he did it for me. So the way you know that your belief is true is that you uh, had a conversation with God or Jesus, yeah. and you laid out a test, and if he passed this test, then then, then at least at least I would have something to to stand back on when I had doubts. Yeah, and I don't need to know the test. Yeah. It, this helps me understand the nature of the belief. Mm -hmm. Let's say Fred. Fred is a Muslim and he practices Islam. Mm -hmm. And let's say he believes that Muhammad is sure. God. And the way he knows Muhammad is God is that he has talked to Muhammad and he came up with a test. Mm -hmm. And Muhammad passed the test. And let's say I'm a third person, and I just want to know what's true. Sure. If your belief is more true, I'd like to believe that. If his belief is more true, I'd like to believe that. How could I go about finding out what's more objectively for, real? For you? For you? Or, I, or just objectively I, real, true. So I'm not sure that I'm not sure that my test would help you uh, because it was done in private. Um, I don't know that that would help you. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that if he had the same test, tone, uh, what did I say? Fred, yeah. Fred had the same test as you, mm -hmm. and he came to a vastly different conclusion than you did. Is that test a reliable way, do you think, to know what's true? So if he were to come up with the same test, I would expect that he would believe believe in his, yeah. in his God. Uh, right. And it would probably be just as hard to shake his belief yeah. uh, as it is to shake my belief. Right. Uh, that's why I put it in the 95, yeah, 95% um, range. Is you know I'm comfortable with it, with the you know scientific quality of my test. Um, yeah. Uh, it is something that that you know I I have never had a reason uh, to believe differently based on you know. My my experiences with God. Um, yeah, I guess what I'm confused is maybe help me out is, you know, Fred believes his beliefs at 95 percent. Sure. Let's say Fred believes his belief at 98 percent, and you believe your belief at 95 percent. Mm -hmm. Should I at that point believe what Fred believes because he believes it more strongly or more confidently? You think. I, I think I think that God. If you're interested in in God uh, and in that, uh, I believe you should ask ask for your own. You know, I, I believe that God is capable of giving giving you the answers to your own. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with saying, and you should not believe because I believe. Yeah. The Fred says the exact same thing. So I would say, don't don't base your belief on either of ours. Yeah. 
Well, it seems like I'm kind of at a loss because if I want to believe in what's true, what's objectively real in the world. Yeah. So how would you determine what's real? In <laughs> well, it's a great question. When I think about what I know is objectively true, I tend to think about things that have that are separate from me, that don't depend on sure. my experience to know that that thing is true. That, sure. that thing is true whether I experience it or not experience it. So if you were to look at something that was, say, physics-related, okay, uh, and if my tests were fit in the, into that category, yeah. um, the only thing that would prove to you that there's a God would be something that broke the, broke the laws of physics, probably. Well, I, that's a great question. Um, and if you're expecting it to, <laughs> if you're expecting it to always follow the laws of physics, then it's going to be hard. You know, it's going to have to be something to prove that there is a God who is beyond. Are you saying that you're saying that your belief doesn't follow the laws of physics? So, uh, I am saying that a God who created physics can break it when he chooses to. If that wasn't true, how could we find that out? So the only way that I know to, know to find that out would be to say, ask him, and say... Yeah, uh, seems like I'm in the same spot, though. Uh, you, you probably are. I, I, I'm not, that's why I'm, I'm saying I can't tell you, based on my experiences, which I've, which I've experienced, that it's going to translate into you believe it. If you happen to be incorrect about your belief, I'm not saying you are, but if you were, would you want to know it? If I, if I was incorrect about my beliefs, I would probably want to know it, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I imagine Fred would too. Yeah. And I would, and if Fred said that, he would really want to know it if his belief isn't true. I'm trying to think of how we could show him. How we could help him find that out. It, it is hard to prove the negative of something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. From the WHUP studios in downtown Hillsboro, North Carolina, I'm Mark Solomon, and you've just listened to another episode of Being Reasonable. Questions? Thoughts? Connect with us at beingreasonableshow.com. See you next week.
all that.